Welcome to Streamed and Screen, the podcast from Lee Enterprises about movies and TV shows that you should be watching. <clears throat> the what podcast? Pardon me. The award-winning. That's right. Podcast from Lee Enterprises about movies and TV shows that are worth watching. This week, we got Men, the new Downton Abbey. Men, of course, is uh, Alex Garland. The new movie from him, uh, Downton Abbey, still doing its thing on TV. Stream, we've got Jackass 4.5 hitting Netflix. There's a Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie. There's a biopic about Angeline <laughs> that someone somewhere was asking for. And I saw Senior Year this weekend with Rebel Wilson. That is the voice of Bruce Miller, entertainment reporter for many years and the editor of the Sioux City Journal. Uh, also earlier we had uh, with the dramatic cough. Coughing problem, yeah. Yeah, the dramatic cough correcting me is Jared McNett, a reporter in, uh, in Sioux City for the Sioux City Journal. And uh, me, uh, the so far disembodied voice you've been hearing is uh, Chris Lay, the podcast operations manager for Lee and I'm based out of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, Bruce, you've seen senior year. Senior year. You know, this is the thing that Rebel was kind of pushing for a long time on, on TV shows. Mm, it's a little Freaky Friday. It's a little prom. It's a little, you know, you name it. She plays a high school student who's like a cheerleader. She's thrown up in the air. They drop her. She uh, is in a coma for 20 years, comes out of the coma, and at 37 wants to go back to high school and get her degree or diploma. And um, she realizes that high school has changed quite a bit. The cool kids aren't cheerleaders anymore. And her rival married her boyfriend and they had a daughter who is just kind of the little supreme um, influencer who causes trouble at school and she squares off with her. Then her mom, she squares off with her and she realizes that she really wants to be prom queen. So she does whatever she can to get to be prom queen. And it's cute. It's like one of those things, if Friday night, you've ordered a pizza, you don't want to go anywhere. You're sitting at home. You think, what should I watch? Eh, I'll get a laugh or two out of this. I won't, I won't invest in it too much. And I think it's one of those things where somebody who's very funny, like Rebel Wilson, wants to look good. So in her new phase, in other words, at 37, she wants to look kind of hot. And I liked her better when she was funny, when she would like just let caution throw to the wind and I don't care. And now she looks good in every scene, I, even when she's trying to be kind of uh, goofy. And you can tell immediately when some stunt woman is coming in to kind of do the goofy stunts. But yeah, it's she could do more. It's It's the Melissa McCarthy theory, okay? Don't let others decide what you should be doing. And Melissa McCarthy has let others do that. And she's not as funny in some of those films. And you can always tell when she throws her husband in somewhere as like a director or a writer, it's not going to turn out as good as it should turn out. And that's the same way with this. I think Rebel must kind of feel she wants to be more sophisticated, more kind of whatever. And she'll never be Anne Hathaway. I'm sorry. So do the comedy i want it i don't even know if we talked about it last week i don't think so yeah i mean it struck me as a 
medium to low budget thing. They can throw it on there. They don't have to necessarily worry about it, you know, making its money back or whatever. It's going to be just fine. It's a low stakes investment on their part. I'm kind of intrigued to, to hear what you have to say about the supporting cast because it looks really interesting with Chris Parnell. He plays her dad. Yeah. Alicia Silverstone. Um, and uh, Justin Hartley, who is uh, wrapping up, I guess he's trying to find a new lane after. Um, this is us. He's the hunky boyfriend that grew up, but boy, he's given very little to do. And um, Alicia Silverstone shows up as a rideshare driver. And that's cute. Okay. <laughs> it's cute, but it could have been more. It really could have been more. It is weird to get these kind of like just mid-level uh, Netflix movies. And then like you were pointing to, Chris, the comedy pedigree it'll have in the like supporting cast is like really impressive a lot of times. Like this isn't, the, I can't think of another example, but I know there's been plenty of that, especially on like Netflix, because you mentioned Chris Parnell and then Sam Richardson, of course, from Veep and uh, Detroiters is in it. And he's always really funny. And uh, Mary Holland, who's like a longtime improv person from like UCB is also in it. So like, yeah, very solid uh, comedy pedigree for uh, just kind of mid-budget, mid-tier type movie. Yeah, you know, this is the the kind of movie that would have, you know, had its own thread on, you know, a comedy Reddit page back in, you know, 2009. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where they have a list of, and we've attracted this talent to make films for us, Rebel Wilson, and then this is what it is. So... Jumping from from that, unless any of you guys have have any other, <laughs> I, I had no, I had no plans on <laughs> jumping right in on <laughs> on uh, on senior year as the the lead off topic. Um, Men is, is coming out in theaters. The sequel to the CBS show, <laughs> long awaited. Charlie Sheen, the other guy, and the the kid, they're back. Uh, that's. <laughs> That's that's not true. It's uh, <laughs> it's the new the new movie from Alex Garland, who is uh, what was the why am I plotting on the Annihilation? Yes, his most recent film was Annihilation. He also did uh, the Hulu show Devs. My my brain is just like I, I got you. He did a Devs wet, on a wet uh... sponge. Yeah. Yeah, Alex Garland did Devs uh, on Hulu, and he uh, did Ex Machina more than a few years back now with uh, Oscar Isaac and uh, Alicia Vikander. And then he uh, wrote uh, 28 Days Later and uh, Sunshine with uh, with Danny Boyle. Mm -hmm. And this is the, the new one from him starring Jesse Buckley, who is fantastic and seems like she is on. She's on a roll. Yep. Yeah. yeah. She got an Oscar nomination. She won an Olivier Award. You know that they'll be bringing Cabaret to Broadway, so she'll be a big star in New York at some point. And she doesn't take junk, so that's a good sign for this. She wouldn't just sign on to anything because she'd like to get a credit. I think she'll make something of this. This is one of the excellent examples of a trailer really grabbing you, but not telling you anything that's going to happen, it seems. It... Uh, Jesse Buckley, from what I can tell, her character is a grieving, grieving woman. Her her husband or boyfriend has uh, recently passed, I believe, in a, a potential suicide. And it's her just kind of processing a lot of that in this town that seems very surreal and strange. And 
you know, apples are falling off trees and rolling all over the place and uh, sounds goofy, um, but it looks really fantastic. And so far, Alex Garland has, I mean, he's got nothing but, but dingers, you know, he's, he's just knocked them all out of the park. Yeah. I mentioned, you know, he did Annihilation a couple of years ago with, uh, you know, Natalie Portman and a whole other mess of people I can't even think of off the top of my head. Just a stacked cast in that one. That still is one of my favorite theatrical experiences the past couple of years. Going and seeing Annihilation in a big theater was a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this because it's got good, just like sustained, creepy vibes to it, purely based off what I've seen in the trailer. Well, and Rory Kinnear is no small shakes. I appreciate that one of the posters for the movie is just like his ghastly grinning like face on a, on a poster. And that's like one of the posters for the movie. <laughs> He's very talented, been in a lot of things, you know, you'd recognize him. Now he could be the next Anthony Hopkins. This seems like it's a, maybe not like a course correction, but I mean, Annihilation was fantastic. You know, Jared, you already you know mentioned how, how great of a film that was, but it, underperformed in the box office as far as expectations were for it. And I think, you know, compared to its budget. And so this seems like it's a much more, uh, a pretty, pretty thorough step back as far as financial expectations. I'm not expecting this to have nearly the computer animation component to it that previously <laughs> has sort of, uh, you know, made the potential for problems there with both, both Ex Machina and Annihilation. And, and to that point, like the, the cast is four people, at least like when you go look on like Wikipedia and stuff like that, there's only four people they have, you know, listed out in the cast. So that's definitely a little more restrained than uh, uh, Annihilation was. So, yeah, men, excited for that. We can transition ever so slightly, speaking about computer effects, into Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Two men. Two men. Yep. Isn't there a, isn't there a girlfriend for them? Is it Chipette? What was her name? I believe it was Chipette. Um, and I don't know. Clarice. Clarice. Yeah. Or as we called her, Chipette. <laughs> Who made her debut as uh, the love interest in the uh, animated short, Two Chips and a Miss. There you go. There you go. Um, have you guys, did you, did you watch the trailer for this? Do you? No. <laughs> okay. I'm going to I'm going to blow your mind here, but all right. This looks really good. I'm going to I mean, I'm I'm going to hold out hope that it's going to live up to my personal expectations. But it's got a handful of things going for it in the pro column directed by Akiva Schaefer, one third of Lonely <laughs> Island, and then it's okay. got a whole bunch of SNL adjacent people. John Mulaney and Andy Samberg are uh, both Chip and Dale, those voices. Uh, and, you know, it's got Will Arnett, Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Rogen plays dual characters. Chris Parnell makes another appearance in, in a movie that we're talking about uh, today. So the effects look really interesting. And it has, based on the trailer, the, the plot structure seems somewhat similar to Who Framed Roger Rabbit with the real world and cartoons intersecting in a really interesting way. And... I don't know if that, like, wh where the payoff's going to be in that, but, you know, we'll see. On the other hand, this is something that is going straight to Disney+. Plus. I don't believe it's going to be in theaters, or if it is, it's the fact that it's going day and date on Disney is, I don't want to say a red flag, but 
if it's something they feel like they could make their money off of in the theaters, we're at the point now where they, they would be doing that. Do you think though some of that talent does this because they want to have a movie their kids can see? Oh, absolutely. You know, you can see them walking with the kid on the red carpet and the kid got a whole bunch of gifts from Disney at some point and they're wearing a Disney Chippendale outfit or whatever. Well, and not even uh, like animated movies. Like I know sometimes with some of the Marvel movies, some of the people that are like new to the cast for a movie we'll talk about. Yeah, like my kids thought this would be great if I was in this. They always say, oh, they're all rated R and I can't let them see anything, but this is what I want them to see. You know, and you think, okay. And you had a cocaine habit. All right. Fine with all that, you know? Like it's more, it, it just generally, it looks like it's going to be okay. And I still feel like, you know, even- Whatever their reasons are, everyone's still going to be invested in putting out the best, you know, possible product they can and finding interesting angles there. Uh, and again, I mean, Akiva Schaefer, I mean, the Lonely Island films uh, are all very strong. Absolutely, yeah. Pop star, Hot Rod. Uh, I mean, The Watch was a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a stumble. Maybe um, I would also, you know, suggest that anyone who hasn't watched the uh, the unauthorized Bath Bash Brothers experience on Netflix go and do that immediately but i'm optimistic about this the oh the other thing that is maybe in the the negative column here is that the script is from doug mand and dan gregor who their best known contribution to to tinseltown is a little movie called doolittle oh the robert downey jr one that's the that's that's the one yeah oh man i haven't thought about that since it just came and disappeared after like a week yeah, yeah. And that's one that I think was in weird, you know, post-production. It was shelved for uh, at least, I think, a year before it actually just got dumped in the middle of the pandemic. That do little movie, they should have uh, done more. There we go. <laughs> there we go. You know, and what it sounds like is this is kind of done in a different kind of animation so that they aren't really sullying the name of the original there, you can still have those characters because some of the voices from those Rescue Rangers shows are going to do the voices for this. And I'm assuming it's a version and then they go through some transition and then they have this kind of new look and it's John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. Could be cute. I don't know if I've ever just on paper been so back and forth on, on anything. So were you a Rescue Rangers fan when it was a series? Yeah. I was like just getting too old to be out of that like target range. But I definitely remember that being on, you know, in the afternoons uh, when, when I was a kid. So were you, Jared, were you a fan? Nope. Little, little too late to it. Little too late. Hell. I think I remember when Chip and Dale were born. So there you go. Yep. Causing havoc on Donald Duck's farm. And I, there's a way to tell the two apart. One has two teeth and one has a red nose. Now, which is which? So with this one, it's going to actually be very easy to tell them apart because Chip, voiced by John Mulaney, will be normal 2D animation. And Dale, as voiced by Andy Samberg, will be Alvin and the Chipmunks looking CGI. And they address this where he says, you know, oh, yeah, I got the, the CGI treatment or something. Surgery. Yeah, exactly. So I'm cautiously optimistic about this but it again there's there's so many stray weird little red flags that it's it's hard to it's hard for me to real wholeheartedly get excited for it we've seen this before though when um 
Adam Sandler and his bunch have done stuff that have been just really bad. So don't get too excited. Yeah, this isn't going to be uh, Eight Crazy Nights. Do we want to talk about Downton Abbey at all? Well, you know what it is, is they bring Hollywood to Downton Abbey. That's the, the shtick behind it. And then they get to kind of say snarky things about actors and the way they do their work. Have you seen it yet, Bruce? Chunks of it I have, yeah. Okay. It's a franchise. They know, you know, they paid those people probably next to nothing when they were doing Downton Abbey because they only did a handful of episodes a year. And then they did them for what? Six years or so? Yeah. So this is the cash cow. This is the way for them to make a little bit more of that change. And thank you for being loyal. So I, it it seems like, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if you, if you know that I'm wrong, but it seems like they are setting this up to where they can extend the brand backwards. Because the, the plot of it is that uh, Maggie Smith's character, uh, Violet Crawley, when she was much younger, was gifted a, a mansion, <laughs> a, a villa uh, in, in the south of France by some guy. So this is going to open up for them to ha- have an, a show that's set even further in the past where it would be her, a youthful version of her, because obviously uh, Maggie Smith, as much as we wish she could live forever, she certainly won't. And I mean, she's she's getting up there. She's almost 90 years old. So uh, well, she's 88 he, right now, but they definitely are doing an early version so they don't have to pay all the people to come back. Mm-hmm. But I really thought Maggie Smith was done after the last one. I thought for sure, because they kind of teed it up that she was going to be out. And then when you see her in the in the uh, trailers for this, she's there and she's fighting. So maybe maybe she drops dead at the end of the movie. I don't know. Chris, what if they do a um, an Irishman type thing and they do like a de-aging thing? with maggie smith yeah i mean let them you know i'm i'm always open for any of that i feel like the the aging thing in the irishman was was raked raked over the coals a little too hard it was unfair it was it was a little unfair um but as far as doing you know one for her i'd say (laughs) oh dear yeah i don't know if you really need it for just like a very moody british historical drama i don't think it it would add much no That sounds just dreadful. Yeah. I also do enjoy the fact that the the trailer for this movie ends on the note of people shouldn't watch movies. <laughs> yep. That's, yeah, that's a bold choice for a trailer. I, they show that uh, it's not in like the most regular rotation at AMC when they're showing the trailers, but it's in like pretty semi-regular rotation. And I have thought it's funny that it's a bold choice to end a trailer with just saying like, hey, do they need to talk in movies? Does there even need to be a picture in movies? Just, I'm done with this movie stuff. You wait, Nicole Kidman will come on and say, I'm so glad we're here. We could go into talking about Angeline. Bruce, have you seen Angeline at all? I have not watched it, no. Um, You know, Angeline is this billboard girl from Los Angeles or Hollywood who for better or worse, wanted to become famous by being on billboards. And that was kind of the, the, if you will, the influencer of the day. And she got it. She got it. Now she's kind of a Barbie doll-ish kind of sad figure of times. And there is a good story there because people have tracked her down and just found out how is she today and what is she up to? You know, there was a, like a real big search to find Angeline. And I don't know how far this goes with that, but it would be fascinating because it predates all the stuff we see now with the Kardashians and everybody else. 
So I don't know that she really made out as well as she could have um, with all that attention, but she knew how to get attention. In the old, old days, Edie Williams was a name that um, people always kind of talked about like that. She would come out to the Oscars. She'd walk the red carpet like with a tiger or whatever. She'd do something to get attention. She was uh, Russ Meyer's girlfriend, for lack of a better term. As much as any woman was ever Russ Meyer's girlfriend, <laughs> I guess. Like, <laughs> but just for being famous. And she never, I don't know that she was really in much of anything, but she would walk like she was a movie star. She really sold it. And that's the same thing with Angeline. You know, what is it that she's got? Well, she created a character and she played it. Even though it is like, obviously very like shallow and vain and whatever else, on some weird level, I do have a respect for someone that just wills them uh, being famous into existence. Like no reason this person should be known at all, but they just willed it into happening. <laughs> yeah. But she spent money on it, which is yeah. kind of odd, you know? So Angeline, it's going to be on Hulu and it's going to be a series. Uh, it stars Emmy Rossum as Angeline. From Shameless. She was also in Phantom of the Opera, the movie. And it's from Sam Esmail, who did Mr. Robot. And it seems like it's very much hinging around, I think it was, it was either the Hollywood Reporter or Variety. I can't remember what it was. One of these like industry publications did a big expose, like, I don't know, six or seven years ago about Angeline. Cause she's just been this myth where, you know, you'd see her driving around in this, you know, Barbie pink Corvette, or you'd see her, you know, just around. Uh, on you know obviously the billboards whatever and just this LA fixture and someone you know finally got enough of her inner circle I'm, I'm making air quotes there uh, to you know start talking and they they chase down you know where she's from and where her money's from and it seems like this is going to be sort of a mix of a a biopic but also kind of a biography with either real talking heads or actors playing real people, but shot like it's a documentary as if they are talking heads. Uh, and it looks as far as like the format of it goes, I'm really intrigued to see what it ends up being. Um, so, cause I mean, when you're dealing with someone who, you know, I mean, like you said, Jared has just really just by force of sheer will, you know, carved out a place for themselves to be famous just for the sake of being famous. Um, you can you can mess with that as a you know doing a biopic. So I'm intrigued. It'll be on Hulu. And on the topic of uh, aging gracefully, we've got new kids in the hall. <laughs> There's a uh, a documentary about the kids in the hall coming out on Amazon uh, this weekend called Comedy Punks. This is hot on the heels of the brand new season of the kids in the hall, season six which is also on Amazon. So that's out there. If anybody wants to dive in on the kids in the hall. So there's been like, uh, like revitalizations of like, there was a wet hot American summer revitalization a couple of years ago, if I remember right. A sequel and a prequel. Yep. There's this, there was like an updated version of like uh, Mr. Show, obviously like what is still out there in terms of any sketch comedy type stuff that uh, still needs to be brought back to life from like the eighties and nineties. Is it, are we missing any? There was a very short-lived show that was around the same time as uh, like the Kids in the Hall was winding down and it was called The Vacant Lot. 
Hmm. And it was also produced by Lauren Michaels and it was very Canadian centric. And I don't even know if that's like streaming anywhere. I'm sure that, you know, Paramount Viacom, whatever owns the, the rights to it somewhere, but I just want to see that back up. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it would hold up at all. All those guys in the state are all still doing variations on the state related stuff with each other, which is miraculous, honestly. I'd like to see uh, Flight of the Concords come back. I enjoy that a lot. I would not mind that at all. I mean, obviously, they've done a lot of great stuff since then, like separately or in whatnot. So, yeah, I would love to see that one, too. You talked about sketch comedy, and I just finished Molly Shannon's new book, her memoir. It is it's heartbreaking, extremely heartbreaking. But she talks about Saturday Night Live and how you get on there and what you do have to do to get the attention. And it's funny how she really kind of laid the, the groundwork for her to get on Saturday Night Live. So if you're ever wondering about how did they do that? How did they get in there? Read the book. But it is sad because she did have a, um, a really tragic kind of early life. Her mother and sister died in an accident. Her dad was behind the wheel of a car that crashed and killed them. And then she and her sister lived with her dad and her dad was always abusive to them. And how she just kind of kept going and how she saw you know, comedy really as her way out. And the tricks she pulled in Hollywood, I loved hearing this, what you have to do to get an audition. It's like brilliant. And um, so please, it's a Hello Molly is the name of the book. And I think you'll, I, it'll be a great movie. If they want to make it into a movie, it'll be a super movie, a great role for somebody. And you know what? This could be her next, her next big phase. All right. I'm certainly intrigued. Uh, any, any and all uh, SNL memoirs are happy additions to my bookshelf. Last, but far from the least, maybe for this week, Jackass 4.5 is going to be on Netflix we got 4.5, and then I don't remember when this was announced. It might have been between when we last recorded and now. There's also going to be, like, some kind of, like, new series on Paramount Plus at some point as well. Although, I got to think it's probably not going to involve some of the older guys at this point. And maybe the Paramount Plus thing is going to focus more on some of the, the younger, newer crew. Why don't they have the jackasses of Yellowstone? There you go. Primo crossover. They can just do all their stunts. Right. With like Kevin Costner and like, what are you talking about? I can't, I can't believe you're drawing this. <laughs> they can rope in uh, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill from uh, what is it, 1883 or whatever. Yeah, right. And have more stuff to play. out there. Support it. If if all the Disney stuff is going to bleed into each other, let the Paramount stuff start bleeding in. Yeah, Star Trek. They can beam in too. Mm-hmm. May twentieth on Netflix. Jackass 4.5, all of the, the stuff that wasn't quite good enough or conceptually flowed enough to make it into Jackass 4, the blockbuster Jackass 4. And usually the point fives or like the deleted scenes from the stuff are really, really funny. Sometimes to the point where it's hard for me to even believe how did they leave this out of the movie? That's how strong a lot of times some of the stuff is that ends up in these 3.5, 2.5, et cetera. So it's a cut above just like, deleted scenes i think for sure yeah they take their their final product you know film so seriously that something might be you know not included again just because it doesn't have a place to go where the dovetail in or out is good enough for them <laughs> one of my favorite lines from any jackass like movie or any episode of the show 
is in one of the point fives where like Steve-O is introducing a scene and it's going to be something awful that's going to hurt him tremendously. And right before he does it, he just says, why do I have to be Steve-O? <laughs> <laughs> so what do we got? Anything else for this well, week? Well, I just want to mention that your licorice pizza that you've been waiting for, it's out on, on DVD, but it's very short on extras. So just be ready that if you see it, you're not going to get a lot of content there. You're going to get the film. What I mean, well, Paul Thomas Anderson, I feel like he hasn't done, I mean, what are the movies of his that really have, I mean, obviously, I mean, Boogie Nights had a huge, you know, two disc special edition. And part of that was just because it came out right when the bonus features on disc boom was happening. I was going back to the, to my shelf to grab it. The There Will Be Blood uh, disc was very bare bones. It was just like a thin little like case that had like no features on it at all. So this is, this has been the trend for a little bit. <laughs> They'll sell them as separate content. You know how that goes. I mean, there was the, I mean, Criterion did Punch Trunk Love. And I mean, like, I always wonder with, when movies that I'm excited about come out and they just have like real bare bones stuff, I'm just kind of got my fingers crossed that Criterion comes along and does something with it. But, you know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, anytime that Wes Anderson puts something out, I know that Criterion is going to put it out eventually. So there's no point in even, you know, jumping up and down to, to grab the, the disc the second that it comes out. Just waiting for it to hit Redbox so I can get like a, a used copy of uh, Liquor's Pizza for like $5.99. <laughs> you and me both. It's going to happen. You and me both. I can, walk to, I can walk to my Walgreens right at the end of the block and get my copy. And you know that it'll be pristine because nobody around there would actually buy or rent it. So you're good. Yep. Next week on the award-winning movie podcast, Streamed and Screen, we'll be talking about Top Gun Maverick. Cannot wait. Is that coming out? It is. Finally. Have you heard anything about it? I, I mean, it's, it's kind of flown under the radar. <laughs> what did you say, Jared? What did you say? This movie's kind of just flown under the radar. You know, I haven't heard much about it. Yeah, it'll be interesting if it has a need for speed or not. <laughs> and we've got Stranger Things season four is starting up. Obi-Wan Kenobi is hitting Disney Plus and Bob's Burgers. So we'll be back next week to talk about a bunch of that stuff. Fill our tummies on Tina Belcher's Burgers. Jared, why don't you take us out, man? Again, I'm in a, I'm in a good mood this week. No, no beefs with my local Cineplex. So I'm just going to say, uh, if you got the time, Go to the theaters and screen something good. Or if you just want to loaf around the house, stay at home and stream something good. See something good, stream something good. Bruce, any parting thoughts? No, I'm good with that. That's great. I've got to get my leather jacket on and get ready to go to the theaters if I'm going to see Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah show up in my short shorts with a volleyball under my, under my arm. and It's beach football this time. <laughs> beach football? Yeah. Thank you to the listeners. You can find us on all the places that you you find your things. We got social media accounts. Follow us there. Show notes. We'll have uh, we'll have all the information on the movies that we talked about in the show notes. Click on those links. Check them all out. We'll be back next week. Till then, see something good. Oh dear, that sounds just dreadful. <laughs>